What's up, everybody? It's Chris. It's the host. I this this introduction might be a little bit different than what you guys have heard before, and I know that people have kind of like started to realize that I'm doing like a little bit of a Mormon joke reference at the top, and you know try to get a laugh, a little chuckle here and there uh, on every episode introduction, and I usually improv all of them. Uh, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different um, because of the subject matter of what we talk about. Um, it's November, it's Movember, you know, trying to raise awareness for men's mental health. And, uh, it's not that that's what we talk about in this episode. We don't talk about men's mental health. We just talk about mental health in general. And more specifically, we talk about her struggles with mental health and she's fearless in talking about it. And it's a pretty heavy conversation. And while it is heavy, I think it is just as important to hear so there's some points in the conversation where you're going to be like, whoa, damn, like, all right, <laughs> this is, you know, we normally get like funny stories about growing up in a cult and blah, blah, but this one's a little bit different. And I think that this is something that everybody needs to hear because if we're going to be talking about, you know, raising awareness around mental health issues for men, women, or whoever the hell you are, this is part of that. And Part of it is, you know, hearing the the gnarly side of stuff. And my guest is amazing and she's so inspirational and I'm fortunate to have her as part of my family, you know? And I say that with every guest and you guys know that. And I don't know, I feel so lucky that my family is so cool. And granted my guest had to go through hell and back multiple times to get on the other side to where she's now, you know, crushing it. But this is part of this, you know, this is part of that idea. And I'm not going to talk about it any further. Um, I think that you guys should listen to the whole thing because we, we go for the, the first half is like talking about her shit. And the second half is talking about fun stories. So you get a little bit of both sides of the coin uh, with this one today. And I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation that I have with my mom's second oldest brother's 18th oldest child. I'm assuming you want to live, like move out of the house eventually, right? Yeah, eventually. But yeah. like, why not stay home and save money? You know. Yeah, and and you're working and stuff still, or, or doing mm -hmm. all that stuff. What do you work? What do you I do? I work at Starbucks. Starbucks, dude. You're a barista. Mm -hmm. Barista. I mean, sorry, didn't mm -hmm. want to misgender your yeah. job. <laughs> 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 so you're a barista. Do you like being a barista? How fun is that job? I've never. I've I've always thought like, oh man, that would be something that I might like to do. Oh, it's stressful. Yeah. Um, getting the dome lids on the Frappuccinos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally, the Frappuccinos take so long to make. Really? And then, yeah. And then trying to put the lid on it. Okay. Without spilling whipped cream all over. <laughs> it's just it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's funny. So is there, okay, so I've always wanted to ask somebody this. Is there a secret menu at Starbucks? No. There's not. No. There's not a secret menu. No. Then what the hell's all with these rumors about a secret menu at Starbucks? 
Have you heard of this? Yes. Okay. Do, um, do pe- okay, so here's a question. Do people ask you about it? It's like, I want to get something off the secret menu. Is that cool? Well, they say, like, I want, they they have, like, this stupid name. Like, I want this drink off the, the secret menu. And you're like, well, tell me what's in the drink, because we don't know what's in the drink. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, <laughs> we have no idea what you're talking about unless it's on the menu. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what's, do you ever, okay. I, I have so many barista questions. <laughs> so do you, uh, <laughs> When someone is a jerk to you when mm-hmm. they're ordering, yeah. do you purposely spell their name wrong? Because that's exactly what I would do. Um, no, I don't know how to spell their names right anyways. So. Oh, okay. So you're always just messing it yeah. up. No <laughs> like, oh my gosh. They could say that their name's Jessica and the typical name, like typical spelling for Jessica. Yeah. Would be wrong. Yeah. I would, I would spell it wrong. Oh, you would spell J-E-S-S-I-C-A wrong? Like, Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was because like, you know, how many people living in Utah have like r- regular names, but spell them ridiculously? A lot of people. So many, right? Or they're like, I'm like, okay, what's the name for that? And they'll say the most like weird name. And I'm like, all right, try to put it in. Literally does not sound like their name. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, but you enjoy working there and everything? Yeah. Overall, it's a lot better. I used to work at Cafe Rio. Holy shit, that place was. Cafe Rio. Oh no! Don't ever work there. Don't ever work at Cafe Rio. Uh-uh. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> 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 no. Oh my gosh, there's there, there's so many Karens. Like <laughs> so many. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And at, at Cafe Rio. Oh, the price is there. I mean, okay, the prices at Starbucks are ridiculous too, but yeah. And I don't know, the coworkers there just aren't the best. At Not least fun. the ones I worked at. Worked know. with at cafeteria. Yeah. It sucked. But you're still living at home. You want to save your money, and then what? Oh, did you? You're not going to school then. Obviously, you're not going to college or anything like that. I'm. Or going, no, are you? I'm going to college in the spring. Oh, in the spring you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you going to UVU or what are you doing? Yeah, I was thinking of going to UVU. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to become a teacher. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Dude, that's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's rad. What do you want to teach? I want to teach health in high school. Okay. But the main reason why I'm becoming a teacher is, I mean, I think teaching would be fun. Yeah. But the main reason, reason is for um, just helping the teenagers get through life. Because, yeah. like, as a teenager, I really struggled with mental health. Okay. And just trying to get through life. Yeah. And so I feel like those teachers or those students need someone for them, yeah. you know, because. It's something that you wish you would have had. Yeah. Okay. And, and you didn't have that is what I'm hearing. I actually, okay. I had one teacher that was there for me. Oh, and, an inspirational mm-hmm. teacher. Okay. I see yeah. what you mean. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. And like he saved my life, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I want to be that for someone, you know? Yeah. And it's hard because Teachers come with rules with students, mm-hmm. but sometimes, I don't know, when you feel so alone, you don't want to talk to your parents, you don't want to talk to... The people that you know. Yeah. Yes. You don't understand me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and also I feel like teaching is a great place to meet them too, because they have to go to school, you know, they're in high school, that's where you're going to see teenagers, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like, I don't know. That's just what I meant to do. So you, you want to, do you want to be like a PE teacher or like a health teacher? Health teacher. Health teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you're, you, you really want to just have the birds and the bees mm. talk with kids and get paid for it. Yes. Nice. Dude. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> so I think it would be worth it to kind of give some context of how you are related to me. Um, so your dad, five wives, 25 kids. Mm -hmm. What number are you in birth order? I don't even know. You don't know? No. You don't know these things? Let's see. Let's see. You're making my job hard. Now I have to like look this up. (laughs) It's probably online somewhere from, you know. Oh, let's see. Oh, here we go. It's on Wikipedia. We got it. You are, you're 18 out of 25. Yeah. What's that like, dude? I know we're just like jumping into it. Um, oh. So let's let's back up. How about okay. let's do this? Okay. So you, your dad, slew of kids. You have a whole town in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and okay. So here's a, a place where we can start. So you were talking about being a teacher or becoming a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had this inspirational, was he a health teacher or was he just a, like, what did he teach? U.S. history. U.S. Or history. History, I guess. He was a history teacher. Yeah. Okay. So you you mentioned that you struggled with mental health when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking about that a little bit more? Um, as a little kid um, growing up, and I think, I think, I don't know. I don't know why I ever dealt with this, but I did. As a little kid, I never felt like I was loved. Um, and I always felt like there was something wrong with me. In what way? Just like... Like you weren't worthy of love because there was just so many of you guys? Or what was the... Do you have an idea of where that emotion was coming from? Um, So when I was little, um, I remember (laughs) um, growing up, I didn't really know who my dad was when I was little little because he was gone at like six months at a time yeah almost a year you know and I remember I don't think he knows this to his to this day but (laughs) he would come home from working long trips you know yeah and I knew his name was dad you know but he would come home and I'd be like, oh, you exist. Like, oh my God. I remember you. I remember you. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> oh, and your name's man. dad, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> oh man. That's, that's really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, growing up, you know, he was a lot, he was around a lot more. Yeah. And so, you know, he was my dad, you know, like I knew who he was. Yeah, no, as a little, little kid, he would come home and I'd be like, oh, right. Oh, the, oh I have a dad. <laughs> yeah, <Duh. laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. not just my mom. Like, oh, my doy. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned about like not really feeling as though you um, were loved and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously assuming that that is something that really affected you later on in your teenage years. Yes. So as a little kid... When I first started to learn how to, like, write, the emotions that I felt were so strong, but I never told anybody. Like, this might be too personal. I don't know if, like... No, it's all about... If you want to take it to that place, I'm down. Like, I don't know if it's good enough, like, if people would be mad about hearing it. Okay, well, very we, don't, we don't have to publish. We, okay. Say what you want to say, and then we'll talk about it later. It's all good. No worries. <laughs> um, when I think second grade I when I learned how to write Mm -hmm. I would write I hate myself and 
I would write it on my papers. I would write it on the walls. Anywhere I could write it, I would write it just to get it out because I felt that so much. I felt like there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like I was the bad child, you know. Okay. And Out of the 18, you it, felt like... Ooh. Man, there's 17 better than me. <laughs> well, I'm only kidding. <laughs> out of my mom's kids, okay. you know. Um, Felt like a little bit of a black sheep in the family kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And out of the whole family, we lived in separate complexes, you know. And so you didn't really get to see, I don't know, you only got your perspective of how the other moms treated their kids, you know. Yeah. And... Of course, their perspective, it's going to come out, you know, they don't want to show the bad part, I guess, like getting mad at the kids. I remember every time another mom would get mad at the kids, it was kind of like, all right, that's your time to go, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go back to your own house. They're dealing with their shit, you know, (laughs) Um, and so you never really got to see, I mean, you saw it a little bit in the other homes, but you never really got to see see how the other moms treated their kids, you know? Okay. At least in my household. Well, that makes sense though, right? Yeah. Like just even, regardless if it was your mom or not, like mm-hmm. I feel like your brothers and sisters from the other moms would have the same opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyways. So in my household, just with my mom, I kind of felt like out of her kids, I was, something was wrong with me. I wasn't normal, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if every kid feels that way, you know? But that's how I felt. As a little girl, I had a lot of trust issues and separation anxiety. I would have to call my mom like three times a day at school just to make sure that she wasn't dead. Like Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seems pretty intense, dude. Yeah. Like and you I'm, wouldn't be able to be like in class. You'd just be like, teacher, I, be, I have to go to the office. I would be crying. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And I remember going to my teacher and she was kind of, she was kind of done like dealing with this with me. Sure, sure. And I was like, you know, like what if my mom got in a crash? She gets on the news and she's like, look, there's nothing there. If your mom got in a crash, it would be on there. (laughs) I was like, damn, you're kind of (laughs) rude. Anyways. So you were freaking out thinking your mom was dead every day at school. Mm -hmm. You had to call back. (laughs) And uh, let's see. I struggled a lot in school, just trying to understand things. Yeah. My motivation was so, I had no motivation. And I think my mental health really hit me in fifth grade. Like that's when things kind of like took a toll and went downhill. Okay. Fifth grade, I self-harmed for the first time. Okay. And that's not an easy thing to like, I don't know, to hear, you know, about nobody. Well, when you're that age, it makes, I mean, it would be, it makes sense that people would be, have a hard time hearing that about someone who's in fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I got in trouble. Like your mom, like with your mom and dad type of stuff. You, yeah. We just got in a huge fight and I remember Ever since second grade, I would always tell myself, I hate myself, something's wrong with me. And fifth grade, that's when I kind of was just like, I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. And we got in a fight. I was in my closet. And um, I was constantly saying, like, 
I hate my parents. I hate my parents. Something's wrong with them. Like, why? They're such bad parents. And then something switched to me, and it always does. But I have those feelings towards others. And then I feel bad that I have those feelings towards them. Okay. And I switch it on me. And I'm like, no, you're the messed up one. Oh. You're the one that has all the problems. So it sounds like the motion isn't really going away. It's just got directed back inward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember there was a, let's see. I was in my closet. I was crying. Um, and there was a, I don't even know how you describe it. A thing that you like stick in an orange. It has like sharp edges on it. Is it like a... Is it like a corn on the cob thing too? Is it the same kind of like, what is it? Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I, I, it's just like right there in my brain. For some reason, I can't, th- okay, I got to Google it. All right, I'm going to just have to Google it. That's okay. That's why I have this computer, honestly. Like, that's why. Thing you stick in an orange. Yeah. Okay, so this thing that you had. Um, I found it and I just got the urge. I felt like I needed to hurt myself. And so I did. And... Is it like a like a straw thing that you get in there and it gets the juice out kind of stuff? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. I'm just... Anyways. I'm, a, I'm an idiot and it was like, <laughs> no, but I want to see it. No, I'm just... I'm it had sharp edges on okay. it. Okay, so that's the main point. <laughs> it was sharp. Yeah. <laughs> so you use that to self-harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and well. right as soon as I did it, I realized what I did. And oh, okay. so I felt guilty and... That just made me realize, like, damn, you're really fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, that feeling of relief, just knowing that, you know, you, I felt like I needed to be punished more, um, in a way. You deserved it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep, I deserved it. And um, things got worse. I felt like I deserved to be in pain um again because i thought i was fucked up yeah and um sixth grade i let's see i kept self-harming so i i'm we don't have to go with every single you know yeah thing you know i'm I'm, what i'm hearing and it's not like i'm trying to cut you off that's Mm -hmm. not my intention what i'm trying to say is like it sounds like this this feeling, this emotion of unworthiness and I don't deserve love, mm-hmm. but what I actually deserve is pain. Yeah. And so it started in fifth grade. Yeah. And how long did that last for you? Do you still struggle with it? I still struggle with the urges. With the urges, okay. You know, okay. like it never goes away. Sure. You know, it's an addiction and it's, yeah. it's hard to get over. Yeah. Um, and it gets, fifth grade, it wasn't that bad. Um but it gets worse and worse because you need more of it. And um, I struggled with it for seven years. Okay. Um, so basically up until now, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. And um, nobody really knew about it. I mean, they knew of it. How do they know of it without knowing about it? <sighs> I don't know how to explain this. Do you think that they just kind of always assumed? They they saw it. They I saw d- that something was up, but they didn't know how bad it was? Yep. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, and I told them I would stop. They believed me. I would hide it again. 
you know, you always hide it. You don't, you don't want people to know. Well, you it know? sounds like it's pretty embarrassing, especially yeah. when you, I mean, it's the blood coming out of you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people talk a lot about how traumatizing it is. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, like outwardly and inwardly. Yeah. Like it's physical trauma, but also there's a lot more beneath the surface, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. Um, and I think one of the things that just like hit me is when I got to the point where I was bathing in blood. Wow. Um, because I cut myself so bad. And a lot of people don't talk about that. And yeah. I'm very glad that I got help for it. You know, I went to yeah. treatment. Mm-hmm. And taking a bath in clear water was uncomfortable for me because it was new. It was know? an indication yeah. of you not engaging that behavior. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's pretty, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And anyways, but you know, life's hard. It sucks, but you know, you deal with it. Um, just get the treatment that you need. Like it's, it's hard to accept that you need treatment too. You don't want to admit that you need it. Because um, then you're like lending credence to the yeah. idea that you do have a problem. Yeah. That's yeah. a tough thing and to you say don't for people. Admit it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I get you. Um, eighth grade, I dealt with eating disorders. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't realize how hard those are. They really don't. <laughs> they believe that, you know, it's just not eating, you know, and, or you're just throwing up or you just eat a lot, but it's so much more. And it's so much harder. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I thought I got over my eating disorder in eighth grade, which I was doing pretty good until 11th grade. And that's when it hit me the hardest to the point where I was like having seizures because my blood sugars were so low. Yeah. And that's when it hit me. Like I kept telling myself that I was fine, you know, like you're never small enough, you know, with anorexia Mm -hmm. and, um, I got to the point where I was having seizures and I told myself, and this just like shows kind of how like fucked up your brain is. Like your brain is literally starving and like <laughs> you kind of become dumb. No, I agree. And and something that I think people need to understand about it, um, just with, you know, my personal experience with it, you know, being um, bulimic when I was in college mm-hmm. um, and, and that kind of thing is that like when you think about a brain and for those of you who are listening at home, you can do this, make two fists, took your thumb on the inside and just put your fingers together, right? Mm-hmm. And a healthy brain, like think of how much contact is being made with your fingers to your other fingers and all the little things that are coming in contact, like the pads of your fingers mm-hmm. on the tips of your fingers and your fingernails on the other side. There's a lot of contact being made, yeah. right? And more contact means more connection. More connection means a healthier brain, mm-hmm. right? And when you starve yourself or have some sort of eating disorder, then you start to like loosen up your hands like this. Mm -hmm. And the more things start to not make contact anymore, the less communication is happening between those, like the wrinkles in your brain, like the wrinkles need to be touching instead Mm -hmm. of being separate. And so your brain is like what you said, literally starving. And Mm -hmm. it's literally like you can observe this with your eyes that it's like wilting. Yeah. And when your brain is wilting, like you said, mm-hmm. you become dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what happens to your brain physically when it gets bad enough. And yeah. I don't really think people understand that. Yeah. yeah. And not only you can't see yourself right, you know? No, totally. 
Um, and it's hard. I've dealt with four different type types of eating disorders. Yeah. I've dealt with anorexia, bulimia, um, binge eating disorder, and orthorexia. Yeah. And they're hard. They're really hard to go through. Bulimia, you're literally, you're terrified that you're going to get caught. Like, it's hard. You, it's hard to eat food and not feel the urge to go throw it up, you know? Been, um, been there, done that. Too. Yeah. yeah. And. Oh, and you, okay. So I don't mean to interrupt you again. Um, <laughs> you said orthorexia. I know what orthorexia is, but when people think eating disorder, they think anorexia and they think bulimia. Yes. But another classification of eating disorder is orthorexia. Do you yeah. mind explaining that just for a second? Orthorexia is kind of like when you're, you're obsessed with exercise. You're obsessed with being overtly healthy yes. so much yes. to the point where it's bad. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was point where I was like working out four hours a day. I, li- I was, oh my gosh, I was gluten-free, vegan, sugar-free. I was carb-free and oh my gosh. So I, what would you eat? Just applesauce. Like, you would just eat applesauce oh and my grass. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I look back and I'm like, damn, Marissa, like. What were you doing to your body? Yeah, dude. But your eating disorder hides it so well. Like, well, and there's a, you know what? And here's what's fucked up about a lot of the situation and perception about eating disorders, specifically with women. Mm-hmm. Um, when you lose weight, you start to look real good. Yeah. Yep. And the perception just gets so skewed. Yep. You know, and there's a lot of people out there that you know have millions of followers on Instagram and yep. are you know these fitspo people yep. and all that, and it's like, are they actually like healthy? Because yeah. it seems like they are so obsessed yep. with being so healthy to the point where it's like, hey, how's your mental health doing, man? Yep. Because you're there's a look in your eye that's a little bit different than everybody else, yep. and not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in, um, for sure. Yeah, I remember in eighth grade. Because I wasn't overweight, but I wasn't, I guess, the healthiest weight. Sure. (laughs) And when I started losing weight, people realized that. And I, from the girls, people were telling me that I looked so good, you know? And then it reinforces it. Yeah. Really bad. Yep. It just feeds (laughs) it. Really intense. It feeds it. Yep. And you don't want to stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I couldn't go 10 minutes without stepping on the scale. If I gained one ounce, I would have a mental breakdown. Jeez. I was afraid to take showers because I was afraid that water would absorb into me and I would gain weight. No way. Yeah. Damn, um, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you you need, you had, wow. <laughs> you were fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had such dry skin uh, because I wouldn't drink water. I was terrified of drinking water. Because water is weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I wouldn't put lotion on because I was scared that the oils would sink into my skin. And then you would gain weight. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I wouldn't eat peanut butter because it was fat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, I think about myself. I'm just like, girl, <laughs> I am so sorry. Like, oh my gosh. And it's hard because... They won't accept help. Their eating disorder is so bad and it's hard. It's so hard to watch people go through it. I watched my friends go through it. Yeah. And at the same time, and this is one thing that I'm so grateful for, but at the same time, it was, it was really, really hard. 
yeah. my we decided to put me in treatment and I tried to have a good attitude about it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to get healthy, you know, because I once I had those seizures, it was kind of like a wake up call. Like, sure. Because that's like so bad to the point where it like, I, forgive me if, if, if I got this inaccurate, but I remember hearing about your situation mm-hmm. um, and, and how how your health was and everything. Wasn't there a point where things got really like touch and go? Like, didn't you get hospitalized or something like that? Or am I thinking of something different? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Can you um, run me through that experience just to jog my own memory? Because um, okay. I'm, I'm selfish as a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hospitalized twice okay. uh, for different reasons. One for an eating disorder. Um, I was in there for about a month and a half. And that's the one that my parents, we agreed to put me in. Yeah. Um, I was trying to have a good attitude about it, you know. I, I knew I wasn't healthy, and I knew that because of my last eating disorder. And I know how deceiving they are. But at the same time, I kept telling myself that it was okay. And I would measure myself, and it got to the point where I could wrap my fingers around my thighs. Like, yeah. And. Like your index and thumb. Yep. Not your middle finger nope. or your pinky around. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, we got in treatment. Mm-hmm. I was, it's, it's hard to actually experience it, you know, not talk about it, but experience it Yeah. and recovering and that it's so hard to recover from an eating disorder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just so many breakdowns. Yeah. Um, I got in there and... My heart was beating 20, 27 beats per minute. Yeah. And you were down at 27 beats per minute. Yeah. And holy shit, they, dude. Uh, what is it called? When they do like a scan on your heart or something? Oh, there's thousands of different Anyways. scans. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. EKG? I think so. I yeah. don't know. Okay. Um, they did one. They said that uh, my heart was one of the most unhealthiest hearts that they've seen. Wow. And one of the most weakest hearts. Um, so your heart was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember going to bed and literally like, oh, do you know what? I might die tonight, you know? Wow. Yeah. Like while you were in the hospital? Yeah. Or just before that too? Just... Oh, okay. Before in the hospital. And I remember... Like part of that experience was experiencing that. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And anyways, <laughs> they would put uh, monitors on me at night mm-hmm. to track my heart. And I remember um, just wanting to cry because it's so hard to go through that, you know? Yeah. And you just need to break down, you know, and just cry. Yeah. And the monitors, <laughs> when you cry, you kind of hold your breath, like, <gasps> you yeah. know? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> the, the monitor would go off because it would be like, oh my gosh, she stopped breathing. She stopped breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so they would slam the door yeah. open. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah. CPR. And I'm like, no, I'm just, you're just crying. I'm just crying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> anyways, but you know, it's, it's hard to go through that and yeah. watch your body change so fast. Yeah. They made me gain a huge amount of weight in a little amount of time. And that's really hard for you to watch your body grow, you know, not length, but width, you know, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed with measuring myself. And when I couldn't touch my index finger and thumb, Around your thigh. Oh my gosh, that was so hard. And just watching, oh my God, watching your body just, I remember, this, this is a little like, 
into detail, but I could like literally just like cut my boob (laughs) and my boob would fit into like this tiny little cup. And I remember when I couldn't do that, I started to cry because my boobs were getting bigger. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want them titties. Don't give me the titties, Lord. Well, no, like that was the last thing I cared about was having big titties because (laughs) having titties means you gain weight. weight. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, objectively speaking, like boobs are made up of fat and like fatty tissue. Yep. Of course that makes sense in your brain (laughs) in that really flawed, (laughs) fucked up brain of yours. That makes sense. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then, so I got out of treatment, you know, the eating disorder, I feel like a part of it is always with you, I guess. Um, It just becomes quiet. And it can be very, very quiet to the point where you don't even realize, like, it's there. And that's when you know that you're doing really good. But with me, I, there's some times where it gets really hard, especially when... Urges come back strong and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, weight fluctuates all the time. Fluctuates throughout the day. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes when I look in the mirror and I see, you know, that I've gained a little bit of weight, I'm like, damn, you know, like... Do I need to go back? No, you know, like yeah. hell so, no. <laughs> so it sounds like you've done and well, obviously have put in a shitload of work. Hell yeah! Like therapeutically, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said hell yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> fucking rad. I fucking love that so much. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Like that is so cool for you, dude. And I'm fucking happy for you, mm-hmm. man. Like that. Just in the line of work that I do, I see a lot of this kind of thing, which is why I'm able to talk about it. Um, a little bit more with a little bit more of a, of a knowledge base than maybe the, the lay person. I'm not trying to claim that I'm an expert on it because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like that concept specifically for, um, I don't want to say, you know, I'm going to retract what I just barely said of, of, of like, you know, especially for girls mm-hmm. because men deal with that too. Of course. Um, in a lot of ways that doesn't really get talked about or highlighted, but I appreciate you sharing that stuff with me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the entire episode yeah. talking about that stuff um, because I do have a lot of your family that needs to be interviewed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to restrict you. I, I mean, we've already been going for like 35 minutes. And I'm yeah. like an hour Okay. because I want to talk to you about like growing up and being a, a kid with just so many people yeah. around you all the time. And like yeah. the stories and stuff that, that, you know, happens because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that story you were about to tell me? Oh, geez. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so we we live in a huge house. Anyways, me and my sister, let's see, how do I even explain this? I, I'm guessing the sh- my mom's shower was taken up. So my little sister. So someone was using your mom's shower. Yeah, okay. my little sister. So h- how old were you at this time? Oh, this was just like a couple months ago. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so the day before, okay, I shaved, okay, and there was pube hairs. Anyways, <laughs> okay, I had this rag, and I was cleaning myself. Anyways, my little sister. Oh wait, hold on. <sighs> I think I know where this is going. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think I know where this is going. This is going to be super gross, but that's okay. 
I'm all right with it. My little sister goes into the shower to take a shower. Oh, no. She spills shampoo. She accidentally spills shampoo in her eyes, and it squirts up in her eyes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> she grabs for a towel. She grabs the rag. <laughs> she wipes it on her face. Oh, God. <laughs> and she's like, damn, this is scratchy. <laughs> she tries to rinse it off and she's like closing her eyes she tries to rinse it off and she goes back again (laughs) and scratches her face again she's like damn what's wrong with this rag she looks down pube hairs everywhere (laughs) (laughs) she comes out she tries to tell my sister and she's like Marissa guess what I just barely did I was like I don't even want to hear it anyways the next day, she's like, oh, you didn't want to hear the story. I'm like, okay, I'll hear it. She tells me, oh, my gosh. Dude. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Well, like, I mean, why didn't you rinse out the towel, dude? I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I tried as best as I could. Oh, I should have so just funny. thrown it away. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, but you know, those things happen. Uh huh. <laughs> um, oh, gross, dude. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So, I mean, that's not like something that is just only because you grew up in no, a polygamous no, 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 house. No, no. That's just a funny story. That's that just happened. a funny story that happened. Oh my god, that's so funny. so okay so you're you're one of 25 kids Mm -hmm. and how many kids are outside of the house now i i asked your dad this today we don't it doesn't matter um so (laughs) a couple but you guys haven't always lived in this big giant beautiful home oh no we haven't no um we lived in okay we had two houses but they were split into five different Homes. Yeah. Homes. Yeah. Okay. So like a, a triplex and a duplex kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And living polygamy, you know, I watched my parents grow up in, or not grow up in it, um, just watching them live it, you know, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's hard to watch. As you grow older, you realize that it's, it's not every every day that you know not not most relationships are polygamous relationships you know yeah and you realize that they're different yeah you realize that you know other people usually have their dad every night in their house while with us we had him every fifth night you know yeah and i remember i don't know as a little kid I wasn't used to my dad. Um, I mean, yeah, because you were like, wait, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, your name's dad, right? <laughs> he's, I remember you. I remember as a kid, he was very intimidating. He's, he's Your dad's a, an intimidating guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you, Were you scared of your dad? Oh, totally. I was terrified I, of my I'm, dad. I'm still kind of scared, scared of your dad, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> every time, oh, my gosh. I kind of feel bad for saying this, but every time he was with my mom, it was like, is dad with you tonight? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) Dad's with us tonight. (laughs) But as you grow older, you learn to enjoy it, you know, because you get to see dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I've known this about just like putting episodes out there. Mm -hmm. What you just barely said sounds like, oh, so your dad was like abusing you there. No, 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 no. definitely no. That's something that I also want to make sure is understood <laughs> is that your dad is one of the greatest of guys course, in the world. Of course, And it's just that, like, it's just funny that you had the perception of like, oh, crap, <laughs> dad's here. Like, <laughs> well, I guess as a little kid, when dad was there, you know, you take off his socks and his shoes and you get the limp between his toes. He made you do that? He would, I mean, like, he would ask me, like, you want to take off my boots? You want to take off my socks? <laughs> do it. <laughs> okay. Get the limp between his toes, make him a treat. You know, he'd like, what, what are you going to get me to eat? Yeah. Go get him something. Yeah. And then watch a movie. He would always watch football, I remember. Yeah. That was a good memory. Yeah. And he always made us go to bed early. Dude, I remember, I'm going to be talking to your oldest brother about this because there's a thing that I remember him saying about like when you guys were living in, in, but down on Rocky Ridge mm -hmm. is like whenever your dad was staying with one of the moms, the kids of that family hated the fact that they went to bed early. That's like oh, universal yeah, between yeah. you and all of your siblings. Mm -hmm. I think that's so funny to me <laughs> because then there's like these times, like cause your older brother was telling me this one time where like all of the other kids in the family were like down on the lawn, like jumping on the tramp yeah. and like playing and stuff. And yeah. like, and then Josh opens up the windows like, they're like, Josh, Josh, come down and play. And he just like opens up the windows like, sorry, dad's here, can't do it. I gotta go to bed. And it's like six. <laughs> It's like 6 p.m. Oh, that was the worst. I remember oh, my mom was like, well, that's when that's when you go find like a sleepover. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like that's what you oh, you better go find a sleepover so you don't have to go to bed early. You know, like, yeah, I remember my mom was like, OK, it's time to go to bed. I'm like, but mom, it's light outside. Like kids are still playing. They're playing swords and war. You know, yeah. like, I want to go play swords and war. Like, no, dad's with us. We got to go to bed early. I was just like, what the? <laughs> and oh my gosh oh that's so funny and oh your mom's off limits so you can't ask her any questions because the door's always locked you know what they're doing sure. like yeah it's like oh my goodness so <laughs> you, you have to be quiet too you know yeah yeah, yeah. dad's with you mm -hmm. sure but okay growing up you 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 enjoy when dad's with your mom growing up you know like when yeah. you when you grow up because you learn to take advantage of the time that you have with your dad, you know? Yeah. Cause it sounds like that the perception of, of your dad's time kind of fluctuated in a, in a weird ebb and flow for you of like, I don't want to see dad. Oh crap. Dad's here. I have to go to bed early. This sucks. Yeah. And then like, it goes back towards like, Oh, you know what? Dad's kind of cool. And I like, well, like it when he's here mm -hmm. because that's the only time that I get with him. Yeah. And then other times of like, Oh dad, you idiot. Like yeah. the rebellious teenager idea, yeah. like that kind of stuff too. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting how that goes back and forth. Yep. Yeah. And you just learn to, be grateful for the time that you have yeah. with your dad because you don't get much time in these situations, you know? Yeah. He's shared between 30 people, you know, instead of five, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, just, just being able to say hi to my dad, you know, is just like, you know, I got to say hi to my dad today, you know? Yeah. And I can be grateful for that. You know, I could look at it and be like, was there ever, okay, so here's a, and again, I don't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, there's, no, there, no, no. There, I, I get random questions that pop okay. up in my brain okay. so quick and I just have to ask them because I'm so curious. Do, was there ever a time where you resented your dad? 
because of the lack of time that he spent with you where um, you like kind of like blamed him for a lot of the things that you were going through because I, I remember you talking about like you hated your parents you hate your parents you hate parents and then like, oh i hate myself i hate myself i hate myself because you'd like did that switch from what you were when you were in the closet or whatever yeah yeah um i had a really hard time with my dad not being there yeah. um kind of like I don't know if my dad really loved me. He would spend more time with me or oh, make time for me. Okay. And so it sounds like that was a contributing factor to the things that you were going through. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you can see the different relationships that your dad has with other siblings and how he acts around them. Sure. You know, and yeah. of course you want what you can't have. And <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and so when you see your dad laughing with another sibling, you know, you're like, oh, why, why can't I make my dad laugh? You know, like, yeah. what's wrong with me? Or, you know, why does my dad love spending time with this sibling and, and not that much with me, you know? Yeah. But one thing I realized is be grateful for the time, you know? Yeah. There's some people that don't even have dads, you know? That's and true. You can be so grateful that you get to say hi to your dad today. Yeah. And in the specific context of your situation, that, yeah. that is something that you really value. That's, that's really, it's, you know, there's people out there that might be listening who think, Oh, that's so, that's so sad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry for you. Like, <laughs> like, but I'm glad that you're articulating that. Like, Hey, look, I, I you're acknowledging the craziness of the situation that yeah. you were raised in. Mm -hmm. And so what you got, you gotta be happy with. Yeah why why you know you know dip down to those uncomfortable feelings of, of resentment and hatred and yeah. jealousy and, and all that stuff mm -hmm. even though those things are still experienced i'm assuming mm -hmm. um but instead of you know dwelling on it you just kind of roll with it yeah yeah and i i always try to put myself in their shoes which i can't always do and sure i won't ever exactly be in their shoes knowing exactly what they're going through yeah totally but trying to give your time to 30 people, that's hard. Yeah. And. <laughs> Wait until you hear your dad's episode. <laughs> we get into it. It's pretty cool. Anyways, just trying to understand what they're going through kind of makes you even more grateful for what you do have. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of dads that like. There's a lot of kids that don't even, like, in polygamy situations where they don't even have a dad, you know? Like, the, as in, like, like I would, I would agree with that. I think that there's something unique about your dad specifically of how he prioritizes being a good dad. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of other polygamous relationships, that's not really a thing they worry no, about. No, no. Yeah, it's yeah, for going sure. to heaven, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm doing what I did. I got three wives. Yep. I'm set. Yep. Leave me alone. I'm going hunting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, I feel like in most situations, their priority is physically taking care of their child, not yeah. emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to be honest. Like sometimes I feel like my parents weren't there for me emotionally, you know, yeah. like either. I don't think they ever didn't want to be there for emo me emotionally. They just couldn't, you know. Yeah, and given the context of what they have been through and mm -hmm. the timing of everything, I mean, there's there's a little bit of a logical sense of, you know, oh, it, it just turned into just not the right time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard, but... It's the way it goes. Yeah, life's not easy. It's the way it goes, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about having this many people in your family? 
Oh, you're, uh, okay. I mean, I guess I can't say that. Why can't you say it? I would say you're never lonely, but you're lonely. I mean, sure, sure. You can lock yourself in a room and you can be lonely. Um, <laughs> you always have, there's not, okay, so I can, I can, okay, I can imagine what it's like to have one mom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and four siblings, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and just, you know, be in my room, being like, just having one other sibling trying to entertain you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have 24, you know? Like, yeah. I could literally go find anybody I want to and be like, hey, what's oh, up, dude? Yeah, what's up? Entertain me, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and knowing, knowing what I know of your personality, that's exactly how you would do it. That's so funny. All right, dude, entertain me. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. That's, that's when I'm like, you know? This is the good thing about polygamy, you know, sucks for you guys. I feel bad for you guys because (laughs) like you literally, you have one person to go to or you have two people to go to like sucks for you. Like, yeah, (laughs) sad life for you. (laughs) That's funny. He's like, oh, sucks to suck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I got 24. (laughs) (laughs) 24 kids. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. What would you most want to say in regards to the situation? To, so now, because the, the context of this, so let me rephrase the question. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, I mean, hopefully this episode works. I think it's been great so far. <laughs> um, and it's going to be heard by a lot of people, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. What would you most want to say to anybody who's listening, regardless if they grew up in polygamy, they are living in Zimbabwe or or whatever it is, what would you most want to like clear the air with in regards to how you grew up? Um, don't shave your pubes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everybody walk around with a bush. It's too risky. It's too risky. Too risky. Your sister might wipe her face (laughs) with your pubes. (laughs) I think that's perfect. Uh, We can end there if you want. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)